0: Good morning, you're listening to 4 and I'm Kemp Har. This morning, my guest is Shashi Khan, and a well-known interior designer, as a matter of fact, keynote speaker, last week at Neocon on Wednesday. Sashi, how you doing?
1: I'm great, thank you, Kemp. Great to be with you.
0: Let me run through. I was looking at your background this morning and found out you have a Wikipedia page. Let's go through that real quick. You've, you've been an interior designer, a leader in this industry for 25 years, you're from Edinburgh College of Art in Scotland. And you're a founding partner in the collective, which has operations in New York and also in the UK. And you're now also the CEO of IFI, the International Federation of Interior Architects and Designs. You've written a book, Rethinking Design and Interiors. And you're also, with Four Focus, a perennial judge in our Visions Design Contest and a friend of ours. So you stay busy, don't you?
1: I certainly do. Yes, it's fun.
0: Yeah, I got to catch up with you at Neocon last week. I really enjoyed it. First question, how's business with the collective?
1: Business is great. We've been doing, not unlike everyone else, having to navigate this very unpredictable time and thinking about our day-to-day bread and butter, but really taking the opportunity to consider what this time represents, a period of massive transformation, a renaissance of sorts, if you will. So we've taken the time camp in our practice to really think ahead, to look at change, massive change for us, how to change our processes, how to communicate with clients, how to expand our markets in ways that we have never done before. And we think this was a great opportunity to just introspect.
0: All right, so let's go to this talk you gave last Wednesday. Why don't you give us a brief synopsis on a couple of key points you were making to the audience?
1: Kemp, I want to premise that by saying that Yes, I have practiced interiors, but my background and actually what we do on our day-to-day, it's a very multi-design. I'm trained in architecture. I'm also trained in interior, de- in industrial design. And I choose mm-hmm. interiors because it is where people all come together and it's a human scale and I love that the most. And so focusing on the built environment, that's kind of, a, I classify myself as a designer architect designer in general, and then uh, focusing on the built environment, I I think that based on some of our research, and we're a very research-intensive practice, I just got super tired, what well, we all did in the practice, there's so much doom and gloom in the world, so much uncertainty, yeah. and so for me, this was an opportunity near con, I was giving a talk, invited actually by the AIA the American Institute of Architects. And I wanted to reframe the conversation and I wanted to talk about all of this doom and gloom and reframe it in the context of an optimism and hope. And it got triggered for me by a New York Times article published on April 3rd, where the journalist titled it Climate Optimism. We have reason for hope, climate change. Well, that's been a big trigger of massive, massive concern for everyone. And so I latched on to that and hope is so important for us. It's about reframing in design in general, looking at all of our big questions. It was a very data-intensive presentation. I did not focus on lifestyle or beautiful, cool, new design or, or object. It was looking at all of our big transformational trends in the world, not not fashion cycles, but massive trends, and then looking at the data from those so that we can take those data points and use them to our advantage in our businesses and in our design practices.
0: Optimistic about the future. I know, too, wasn't an old piece of it something around man and machine?
1: Well, man and machine, yes, in this in the context of that we are in a technologically heavy world. We know that technology is transformative. We know that Achim Steiner, administrator of the UN development program, was quoted to have said that our future is digital. If you're not a part of it, you're out of it. And so if those are some of the data points that we know, we know that shaping our world, then we need to be prepared for our technology, embrace it for its positivity, but keep our humanity in the context of it. So so I guess a big part of my talk, the underlying, one of the underlying threads was that, to some extent, we're threatened by technology. We don't necessarily Mm -hmm. understand it. We invented it. We use it for a lot of our functional capability supports us, but then we're perhaps frightened, some even terrified of artificial intelligence, robotics, a lot of other developments in technology that we don't know, and it's moving so fast. And so I focused a great deal on that. And and so here's a fact that may be of interest to your audience, Kemp. Did you know that while technology is, and we all say that, hey, we're doing everything online and the internet is sort of a primary tool for us all. But you know, there's only about 60% of the world's population that are internet users. So on the one hand, we've got data that exists, that's true, that's real right now. On the other hand, We have social movement taking place that says, we need diversity, we need inclusion, we need to be able to embrace all of our population. Well, if 40% of the world is not embraceable right now, how do we do this? And those are, to me, big design challenges. I know you've talked about it in your magazine. I know that industry looks at this in the workplace, thinking about new employees, thinking about all kinds of issues that drive our workforce. And so there is this kind of cutting edge information that are big opportunities. And for me, that's where the man and machine, we invented robotics. We invented artificial intelligence, and we invented it to some extent in the likeness of us. We are beginning to give robotics a humanoid form. The only thing that separates us from our machines, our own creations, is the fact that we have perception, we are softer, we are human beings. We don't really know the fullest capacity of who we are being, which I suppose is what designers shape, the being of us in our environments by using all of our design tools. I think that one key message I wanted to get across for technology was that as designers, as creatives, as leaders in the industry, we need to keep the humanity intact. We need to learn more about the softer side of everything we are, hold on to it, be confident that that is not replaceable in the near future, and that we then can use the technology that we shape to a much greater benefit than when we are terrified of it. And and, and only bad things can happen out of fear and terror.
0: Okay, Sashi. I've been talking to Sashi Khan, um, interior designer and CEO of International Federation of Interior Architects and Designers, and you've been listening to KEMPAR and floridaily.net.